Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. This is the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams, along with our host, Jim Gerhardt. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, Bob. Good morning, everybody. I'm, I'm just having a sip of my Cajun coffee here. No. With a little something-something in there? Well, this is coffee. No, well, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 10.30, Jim. I didn't say the uh, the old plantation guy with the julep. <laughs> no. This is uh, this is coffee. It's got uh, chicory. And, uh, and a dollop of grandma's molasses in there. It's uh, it's good. Trying, trying to get me up standing this morning. It is uh, uh, Thursday morning, of course. Hey, do you have power back? Did you lose your power? Yeah, no, I was very lucky. I mean, we, we, we've kept power right through the storm, but a lot of people are, are still without power. I think as of this morning, you know, still about a half a million people throughout the state are yeah. without power. Not too happy with the power companies. JCP&L, PSE&G are under the gun. Sounds like uh, her uh, Superstorm Sandy all over again back in 2012. I mean, we were without power for weeks, and it sounds like some uh, people are not going to get power back now until maybe early next week, maybe Tuesday, we're hearing. It's just a devastating thing for people. Well, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, our power it came back on uh, recently. We were without power for, uh, what, a couple of days? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, but but we, I have a standby generator. And again, I felt a little bad about that because I'm the only one around here who had one. <laughs> but see, really, with that, uh, you can't tell when the power's out, except you see something or somebody calls and says, you know, the neighbors all call and say, is your power out? Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, the, I got up this morning and I really got a scare because I got used to the sound of the generator going. Right. And I got up and I didn't hear it. And I said, oh, my God, the generator's gone down. I have no air conditioning. What's going to happen? Well, come to find out, the generator goes off and the power comes back on. But it's one of those things, a very smooth transition for people who are interested in those. It's certainly worth looking into. They cost between, I'd I'd say, what's what's the cost? Like about four to eight grand or something like that, depending on the size of of the generator. Uh, uh, It depends on on the size of your house and what you're running on it. I mean, I've got the one I got is kind of an industrial size thing right. that it runs everything, and you just don't know when the power is out. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, they're very loud, and uh, it, it's uh, certainly on those few days a year when you need it. You know, again, I understand that uh, from the Weather Channel that this hurricane season or tropical storm season is the biggest it's ever been at this point with the number of storms and the intensity of the storms. And as I understand it, from what they said, we have only reached like 15% of what we can normally expect in the way of these between now and November or December. And so this could get much worse. And this may just be a warm up. So again, it's, it's a good thing for people who 
think about that and lay in, you know, the the essentials, the things that you need in case of a, of a long term power outage. But uh, I, think, I think a lot of people did do what you did. Uh, well, how long have you had your your generator for? I got it right after Sandy. Yeah, I think a lot of people did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I, I, again, we had a sponsor on the air who uh, of that equipment, and it's a great outfit. It's uh, Meyer and Depew. I don't know if they advertise or not. This is not a commercial for them. But again, uh, it, it's it's been great to have. There have been years where it didn't go on at all. Right. Uh, but then suddenly when you need it, that thing is right there. So it is something to think about. Yeah, but a lot of people are still uh, suffering. and uh, Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate. I think, the, I think the most frustrating thing, hey, storms are going to happen. But it's the communication or the lack thereof with these uh, with these power companies, with these utilities. They're really not telling people what's going on. Like, I still will not forgive my power company for eight years ago. I was out <laughs> for about uh, uh, well over two weeks, maybe 16 days. And they kept telling us all along, oh, just another day or two, next Monday, wow. Tuesday. You know, it, had I known that I was not going to have power for 16 days, I would have gone to a, a, a hotel. I would have certainly gone out of Dodge. I would have got my family all structured there. But it was just disgusting. And I think that's the frustration that people are, you know, a lot of people were told, oh, we'll have your power back within a, a day or, or whatever. And and now it's you're talking about long term, three, four days. And whoever made the right move to go to a hotel is is sitting pretty. Other Everybody else is just sweating and watching you know, their food rot and, and and things like that at their homes. So what what about, what about people now who have been quarantined because they have tested positive and they're given a two week quarantine right now? They don't have any choice. Right. Absolutely. They got to so, stay. So this, this whole all, this uh, uh, the plague, the virus, the whole business is playing into this, compounding all of these pretty much normal parts of life. Uh, otherwise, going on in New Jersey. Just to touch on it, because I want to get into some other things, but just sort of touching on that. Uh, you had brought up this morning, uh, we were talking, and you brought up the, uh, I think, schools for one thing. There's right. so many things in which the government and the people don't know whether to go caca or go blind. Right. Because there's no hard, fast, one-size-fits-all rules for this. Now, right. So the school districts are running around now doing the chicken with a head cut off routine, trying to figure out what to do and how to handle this absent any divine guidance from Trenton. Yeah. So uh, again, the teachers, uh, and I completely understand this, are for not right. they having say a classroom. Right. And I think that's wise because let's say, okay, so we're going to separate kids and we're going to have wear a mask and all. So what? That's in the classroom. What happens when they get out or when they're gathering before school and after school? Kids are going to congregate. Right. And well, why not? Look at what's happening with the adults. They're doing it. Yeah. Uh, the, these mass mob meetings. This is absolute insanity. So uh, I understand why the, 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 the governor and others find it very difficult to put up with a, a one size fits all solution to this, because the, see, the, the, the leaders are in a bind. They have to pretend for sake of keeping their jobs in the next election that they love the people and the people are wonderful and splendid. And act as if they give them a, a credit for right. wise voters. When in fact, the people are dumb as a bunch of gourds, by and large. Obviously, not everybody, but certainly enough has witnessed these, these mass gatherings. And as I hate to quote him, but as the late, very much unlamented Adolf Hitler once said, how fortunate for government that the people are so dumb. <laughs> and I am speaking of dumb, we have an election coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> which is a popularity contest in this country. Voting for the president is, is the same as voting for American Idol. Uh, it's a popularity contest. Nobody's giving any deep thought to this. I, I think what we have is growing here. We, we, we have a chaos on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to speak at some point, we'll get back to this. I wanted to speak a little bit about how you might fortify yourself. And uh, to parody, to paraphrase the uh, Dr. Strange Love the movie, you know, this is how to stop worrying and learn to love the bomb. I, I shall try to suggest ways you can stop worrying and learn to love the progressive chaos <laughs> that that is surely coming up and to follow. But back to. Uh, the schools? Are you talking about the schools? Well, the schools, and uh, I, I think, well, this is being resolved with district by district, I think, and you mentioned Bayonne, one. Bayonne, Bayonne has decided to go virtual learning, uh, exclusively Bayonne and a couple of others. Um, we're not, I, maybe Jersey City, I, don't quote me on that one, but I know Bayonne and a couple of others, so maybe that's going to be a trend where they're going to go all virtual to start the the semester anyway school year precious precious few kids are going to learn anything so go virtual who is going to be assured you take one of these districts now that has a, an extremely low embarrassingly low graduation rate where they're simply uh, warehousing kids until they're age enough that they don't have to go to school <clears throat> but they can't do anything about it because under the Constitution, they have to give them, quote, this thorough and efficient education. And so they have uh, when they become a senior at the end of the senior year, they have some kind of a test. And if it turns out most of them cannot pass the eighth grade test or many cannot pass the eighth grade test, especially in literacy matters. Basic skills. Uh, but, they, but, but they simply declare uh, that they are just well, they're, they're just bad at taking tests. So we'll graduate them anyway. Well, what about kids, the president of the uh, Newark School Union, Teachers Union, which is American Federation of Teachers. It's not uh, the, the one that's right. common in the state. Uh, told me one time, we were talking about it. He said that they estimate that at least 15 percent of all the kids who show up at school, high school, are there purposefully to cause trouble. And I know that some of the schools are kind of putting these kids in special programs where the, the school that uh, my boys went to, they had this special uh, school in which these, I don't know what they call them. I'm sure they had a politically correct name for them. Uh, they went and they sat all day long. And from what I heard in this school, they sat there all day watching old Chuck Norris movies. Yeah. And, of course, they're going to graduate at the end saying that they're just bad at taking tests. But I, I guess the point is, how are you going to trust a population of, quote, students, <laughs> which is a large population of, of the entire student population? How are you going to get them to sit there and, 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 and virtually learn anything when they can't learn anything or don't want to in person? Right. So, I mean, who's going to guarantee that the kid sits and and for the classes, extremely hard to police. But I guess you can't say it would be politically incorrect to do this. But I suppose that you could argue that, OK, some kids, the kids who want to learn, the kids who are going to actually become productive members of society. They probably will go along. So right. let's just limit our, our scope of this. We'll present this information to everybody, but we're not going to get upset when only this particular group is paying attention and responding to it. So it, it's, it's, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot.
So another thing uh, going on this week, uh, COVID continues. Uh, the Belmar gym owners, they're still in Governor Murphy's head. They're uh, living rent free. Uh, that battle keeps going on. You know, the arrest, the uh, shutdowns and things like that. And in fact, the uh, the gym owners even broke into their own gym this past weekend. Did you see? I don't know if you saw the video that these guys are pretty buff. I mean, they just like did like a like a, an action figure thing. They just knocked down the door and they just uh, opened up their place for business last Saturday. So and these guys uh, seem like they're pretty well educated. They know what they're talking about. They're throwing out stats and they've got I, I think the state's got quite a battle on their hands with these guys. The Belmar gym owners, they're not going away easily, Jim. They're not going away quietly. Uh, <laughs> I think when I use the word chaos, it's an understatement. <laughs> what's what's going to be going on? Again, if the older progressives get in, they, they down the line, uh, it's, it's not a stated goal, but it's inevitable down the line. We will end up with a Chinese a government that's sort of a parody of the Chinese yeah. communist you know, rule, because that means complete uh, population control, uh, ultra surveillance. It's gonna, there's no other place for them to go, ultimately. And but there's always going to be people in this country who don't like that and who won't go along with it. Yeah. And so this kind of kicks in. Oh, the other thing. Uh, just getting back to uh, current events, the borrowing of the $10 billion. Oh, got $10 billion because of uh, all the COVID debt. They're blaming everything on the uh, pandemic. Yeah. You know, not that there's been any misrepresentation or misappropriation uh, of funds prior well, to the COVID thing. Well, Jim, well, dare they say well, that. Well, no, this is all <laughs> the debt and all well, the problems, financial problems in the state are happened in the last six months. Can you believe that? Well, and it's supposed now, supposedly they're going to be, they're going to do that. The administration says the alternative to borrowing all that money is to raise taxes. Yes. Well, now who's going to raise the taxes to pay off the note? Because it's going to be enormous. Right. <laughs> so the taxes are going to have to be raised one way or another. Let, let me let me just throw something out here. Now, this may have changed the, some of the figures. Uh, I know going back to the 90s when the state was borrowing relatively small amounts of money. Christy Whitman did, I think, back in the uh, Florio administration. Uh, compared with this figure they're throwing out, the $10 billion, this was chicken feed. But the rule of thumb was that in any bonding, the amount of money, 15%, came off the top that went for political payoffs of one kind or another, whether the party in power at the time. This would be, there's going to be an army of consultants, of lawyers. Uh, I remember one, uh, one law firm who I think was run by a member of the legislature and very big person in the party, got something like $600,000 kind of off the top for legal services. And that was supposed to be to guide this bond issue through the legislature. And so look out. Now, there's going to be a whole lot of people with with not only fingers in the pie. They're going to be in there with whole hands. So, so Jim, if, if you're if we're using that financial formula uh, based on 10 billion, 15 percent, that means like one point five billion of this loan is going to be used for, you know, appropriations. And blah, yeah, blah, blah. I, I, I tell you, if you're an investor, put money in the yacht business. <laughs> Invest in yacht companies. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't. As I said, I, that's uh, that was the figure at the time. But but that was that was what they. I mean, this is nothing official, but it was pretty commonly felt in the political circles and, and those of us who observed the political scene that this this was going to happen. And so the there's same, a big advantage. This is why they love to borrow to bond money. 
They love that. And of course, the interest is going to be staggering. And of course, for a while, they'd only be paying the interest. Right. And this is what, 30 years or whatever it is down the road. So any way you go about it, I don't see a way the taxes aren't going to go up. Yeah. Uh, but now there's the lawsuit. The uh, Republicans, I think, are trying to go into court to stop the borrowing. But I think the Democrats have got a free ride there because the Constitution does have an emergency clause. It says that you can't borrow more than such and such a small percent without the consent of the people. Well, but the exception to this is, I believe what they said in natural uh, uh, disasters or acts of God. Now, most of these people who are involved in this, one of the hallmarks of, of liberality and progressivism is, is that you do not believe in a God, at least in the traditional sense. But they're certainly going to be quoting. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be doing a lot of pretending. Yeah. Uh, you're so. saying it's like it, it's sad because with this borrowing and since it's an emergency appropriation that the funds can be used for whatever the heck they want. Yeah. It's yes. not to address the emergency situation, the emergency itself, yes, yes, thrown a little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah, you think about it. Do you really need ten billion? You know, I mean, maybe, maybe you could get by with two or three billion to get the, over this thing. But no, we're going to do a cure-all for all the crap that's been going on for the last thirty years with misappropriation of the government spending. Speaking of the thirty years, I'm going to point out my hat, which I traditionally wear here. It says GRIP grip which we've been wearing for 30 years, saying get rid of incumbent politicians. Yeah. Now, how many people out there wish you had listened? <laughs> we would have a new breed of politicians. This is the usual uh, professional politicians who are looking largely out for their own careers. Yeah. And this money, when it comes in, not only is there going to be money going to a lot of, of sources that are not directly related to the catastrophe, as you have suggested, but remember, you have a progressive liberal government. Right. And what is the number one area of expenditures on their agenda is social programs, yeah. which, of course, by votes. But you call it something else. Yeah. And so there'll be a whole lot of money for that. They'll be wallowing in the money. Yeah. Well, here's but, one. As a, Jim, as a transportation guy, I'm a little bit uh, confused because um, I don't know if you heard <laughs> the last couple of days. Uh, the DeCamp bus line, which is a uh, a private carrier, which take uh, takes about 3,000 people to the Port Authority in New York City in North Jersey every day. They are ceasing operations starting tomorrow night, Friday, the uh, 7th oh. at midnight. Now, it, according to their press release, it could be a temporary thing until the, um, the pandemic dies down. But their ridership is down like 90%. So they were losing money, and in their press release, it said that they've uh, applied for all the federal assistance, but that's all running out. You know, I'm just wondering, why can't we take some of this $10 billion and at least float the camp bus line for those 3,000 people that need it when, when, uh, when they're going to be needing it, or keep the, the company going, as opposed to this company having to stop, cease business, and no promise of them coming back? It's just well, the basic theory behind the borrowing is that this will simply keep the budget where it was. All current programs will remain into effect. Yeah. I don't think they're talking about therapeutic use of it mm. at all. It is simply to plug a budget gap because the money that's not coming in because of the virus and the various shutdowns. Right. So what they'll do with it, 
the only thing that you can count on 100% is that it's going to end up in areas that would enhance the hold of the, the administration and the party on, on government, which is the whole game. So uh, that is, uh, um, I, I, I can't imagine a court not approving that. Uh, but, you know, who knows? It's strange. Is that will go, uh, no doubt, to the state Supreme Court, I would imagine, eventually, yeah. Yeah. which is yeah. fairly liberal court, as, as I recall. What so, else is going on here? Oh, here is the ultimate asininity. You know what's going on in Portland? No, oh, yeah, of course not. I got sort of a kick of unrest. God, that's crazy out there, isn't it? Okay, and, and of course, you have these mobs that are trying to tear the city apart. Now, this group, the fascist group who calls himself anti-fascist, <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is a liberal doctrine that they all do, uh, they are suing the city because the fact that they say they have to wear bulletproof vests and other protective equipment which violates their civil rights to free assembly. <laughs> and so they're going out and they're causing all of this, this mob action in the streets. And the fact that they've decided they have to wear protective stuff in case somebody wants to fight back. And now they're suing the city because that violates their civil rights. You know what? They're going to win the suit. I bet you. I know. Anything. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Governor Murphy, well, uh, well, before we get to Governor Murphy, did you hear about the new... Uh, uh, pan, uh, quarantine uh, checkpoints now between New Jersey and New York. If you're going into New York City as of uh, yesterday, uh, you may be pulled over. You may be stopped and given information and questionnaires about where you've been. With the 35 states on the restricted list coming into this area, New York City, uh, the mayor is now saying that people are going to be re required to quarantine if you come into the area. And you're going to be given information at the crossings, the bridges, the tunnels, and at the uh, the mass transit at Penn Station in New York City. Isn't that, isn't that uh, something else, huh? Well, that's Comrade de Blasio, I guess. Yeah, yes. Uh, or uh, the governor, whoever. It, it's, uh, I, I find it very difficult to come down with all fours on the, on the so-called leadership of these things, because there's so many variables here, and there's so many uh, of these measures that obviously would have a salubrious effect on the, on, the, on the situation, but you can't depend on the people. I'll get back to that again, to do this wisely. Many people, yes, of course, and let's hope that most people do, but there's enough, as we have seen, that you can't trust people to act in their own best interest. Uh, and so you get these rules all over the place. I, I can't imagine. Well, didn't didn't we do that in New Jersey at one time with the Delaware border or Delaware? Somebody did tried the same thing and eventually gave up on it. Right. Uh, but it's, it's I, going to be so uh, haphazard. I mean, they're going to be stopping <laughs> without out of state license plates and things like that. Suppose you rented a car from Enterprise Rent-A-Car and it's got an out of state plate from Florida. That that's a dead ringer. You're going to get pulled over from Oklahoma or an out-of-state plate, which yeah. quite happens quite often with these rental car companies. You're you're pretty much just a target there, and it's just uh, I think it's just too much, too little, too late. They if they were yeah. going to do something like this, they should have really in instituted something like this back in the end of March when everybody was closed down, and this was a real uh, COVID hotspot where probably interstate travel should have been really curtailed, but. 
I think it's just too late. Well, I, I you know, I'm, as you know, I'm a rosy optimist. I always look to the to the bright side. The upside of that is, let's say you're driving and you go through the Lincoln Tunnel and you come up there at uh, the Port Authority. Yes. You're going to get not only, uh, as you sit there, you're not only going to get questioned and you're going to get information, you're going to literature, but you're also, bum some bum's going to come up and wash your windshield. Of course, they're back. The squeaky so, guy. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's a bright side. You get a free windshield wash out of there. Right. Maybe, maybe <laughs> should, they should uh, pay the homeless guys over there to give out the, uh, the, uh, the surveys, the quarantine well, surveys. That's a thought. They're that's washing thought. their windshield, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, a couple of, I just, uh, I was trying to, again, this is our usual thing to pound 50 pounds or you know what into a 20 pound bag. But I, I did want, uh, before we have to go, before we go, political correctness. Now, it's very difficult to define it because there's so many ramifications of it and it just spreads out like some giant malign creature. Uh, the whole Hydra thing, you cut one head off, three grow back, and yeah. uh, restrictions and, and asininities. Like w one of my favorite ones now, the, the, uh, the phrase, no problem, has been banned. Did you know that? No. It's non-politically correct to say when somebody says, uh, ask you, or you say something, or somebody says something to you, to say, oh, no problem. No, this is true. It was banned. I believe it was Michigan, either the university or Michigan State University and maybe some others. They have decided that saying no problem uh, indicates that there might have been a problem and that maybe somehow in your mind you feel that this person has a problem. And that, of course, is uh, somehow demeaning to them. Well, that's great. I because so I didn't do it. But uh, again, you can't you're not going to be able to say no problem. Well, that's great news because no but, problem has basically taken the place of you're welcome. Yes. You know, of places. Like you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you know, I'll get a coffee. Hey, thanks a lot. No problem. Oh, no, hey, no more. No more. That's the NP words. But what I'm getting it's to right. is it, I run across a definition of political correctness that I think is absolutely great. It's very terse. And it is just pinpoint accurate. And this came from a contest that was held. I believe it was in Texas. I don't know whether it was at an institution or what. To see who, or maybe an online, could have been a national thing online, see who could come up with the best definition of political correctness. Now, I have to be careful here because there's a word in there I can't use. But think about this now. I, I know it's a little bit scatological and uh, it may be naughty, but it is absolutely dead on accurate. Political correctness consists in the belief that you can safely pick up a, now we'll say what doggy duty, they use the T word. You can pick it up safely as long as you pick it up by the clean end. <laughs> Think about it. Okay. It's beautiful. But but the problem is we are forced to believe that there's a clean end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or else you're going to lose your job or, or some of the other yeah, ravages of political correctness. One mention about Governor Murphy. We're uh, starting to wrap up here. But uh I, I'm sure you've heard that uh, Governor Murphy has been or is the national co-chair for the Democratic National Convention, uh, oh. national chair. So he is uh, putting putting the uh, convention together. He's very involved in that. Uh, uh, some people are saying that uh, he is angling for a possible cabinet position in a potential Biden administration. Of course. Uh, Matt Rooney from uh, SaveJersey.com Jer Save wrote uh, a column about that. And uh, 
basically, you know, you got a decision to make. You know, if uh, if Joe Biden gets elected and he takes uh, maybe he'll take Governor Murphy with him and we'll be rid of him that way. So it's a good thing for New Jersey. There's a whole lot of rich people out there who love to have this toy to play with. So <laughs> we will have no lack of that. Yeah. What what convention are they talking about? I understand they're, they're only not sure they're going to have a convention. It's Do you get the matter of a debate. I'd love to see a debate, but I think you're not going to see one. Uh, because uh, I, I think uh, Mr. Biden, his handlers must be very reluctant to put him on the stage with uh, with Donald Trump. Right. In, a sense, it, in a sense, it would be the comedy show of the of the century. Yeah. Right, because both of them are have a few screws that one <laughs> thinks it, might be defective. It would, but. it would be must see TV. That's for sure. And. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a feeling about uh, the way the election is going to be held? I mean, there's so many ways it's going to go. Is it going to be in person, exclusively on, um, uh, you know, mail-in, absentee? Um, how you, how do you feel about this mail-in thing? Because apparently there's a lot of controversy is that they could be frauded. The mail-in, as it has been used in the past, there's no uh, real hard evidence that it has been used fraudulently, except in North Carolina by Republicans. Right. In one congressional case, uh, primary uh, but uh, the uh, the potential is certainly there. My gosh! Well, the potential for for some uh, a bunch of uh, what hackers, internet hackers, right, uh, could get into the whole works too. So I, I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up because it leads to something. I'm beginning to try to not have strong feelings about any of this. I'll tell you why. I said earlier that we were going to talk about, and uh, maybe another time we'll get into this a little more deeply, but I think the, I, I can lay it out for you, uh, how to stop worrying and fretting and getting stressed out about this. See, the more stressed we get about this stuff, the more we do harm to our resistance, our natural uh, antibodies, resistance to disease, the more susceptible we come to, to the virus and other diseases. So at some point, you have to kind of free yourself of that and step back, which is um, what I'm trying to do. So here is something, and I go back to Lao Tzu. You know who Lao Tzu is? No. He uh, wrote what ends up being the Tao Te Ching, which is the uh, Taoist philosophy, an ancient Chinese wise man. And uh, Lao Tzu wrote, life is a series of spontaneous changes. Don't resist them. That only creates sorrow or stress, we might add. Let reality be reality. Let things flow naturally. Flow forward to whatever way they like. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, considering all kind of approaches to this whole coming mess. That sounds good as any. And somehow sit back and, you know, let it roll off your back if you possibly can. But seriously, there's so many there's so many stimuli, so many stimuli out there to set off our uh, <laughs> flight, you know, our stress. Our frustrations, yes. That we live in stress. And the problem is we've been living in stress all the time anyway. This culture is 24 hours, seven days a week, year in and year out stress for most people. And this is why I think we're so susceptible to this, uh, th this outbreak and others. So somehow, somehow, we've got to learn to... Kind of as as they said, don't don't force, go with the flow. Uh, 
and just be careful that you don't just push this resentment underground and it gets down into the subconscious yeah. and becomes worse. Uh, uh, I, 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 I see I, Lou's looking at us and he says, give me the high sign over there. And uh, it looks like we got to wrap things up. I want to thank uh, Lou Hockman, our director, Dan Alexander, part of our uh, research staff here on the podcast. And uh, we're here every Thursday at 1030. You can get us on demand at nj1015.com and all of our apps and station apps for uh, Town Square Media. Jim, always a pleasure. Always in, in, informational talking to you and hope to catch you next week, Jim. Well, Lou uh, is saying, you know, get off. I mean, everybody's a critic now. Everybody's a critic. Okay, listen, God bless everybody. And, and I, I, I pray for that because it's about the only way out. <laughs> we are backed into a corner, folks. Let's get together. Thank you. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.